On today's episode of the Outfielder Podcast, we've been had by Major League Baseball. I cannot believe it, but it is good news because baseball is coming back. That's right, we recorded this episode and not 20 minutes later, Major League Baseball decided to implement a season to make sure that baseball is going to happen in some capacity in 2020. We do encourage you guys to take a listen, however, because one, you know, we're doing our usual speculation and our usual thing that we do where we try to instigate as much chaos as possible. Lots of fun stuff in the episode, lots of good stuff to talk about. We are excited that baseball is coming back and we will be back with you guys in just a couple of days to break down the specifics of it because we don't exactly know what's going to happen yet and how the season is going to take shape. But more to come. Rob Manfred seems to have gotten things done. The owners seem to have agreed with the players in some way, shape, or form, and the players agreed to make it happen. So we are very excited that we're getting some form of baseball again. We'll be back here in a couple of days to tell you guys a little bit more about what things are, how things are looking and what it's going to shape up to be like. I also want to remind everyone that today's episode of the Outfielder Podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible's been writing with us for almost a year. They're an incredible sponsor. We love being in business with them. We use Audible all the time. I was off last week. I use Audible almost continuously to kill two different books last week. Lots and lots of options to choose from. Lots of good stuff to check out. Plus, we are giving you a free audiobook to check it out. There's no risk whatsoever. You don't have to put a credit card down. You don't have to do anything. AudibleTrial.com forward slash SLM. That's Sensibly Loud Media. SLM. That's where you can browse their unmatched selection of audio programs, download a book, and get started. It takes two seconds to get going. Once you find a good title that you're interested in and you listen to that book, you will knock a book out in just a few days if you stay on top of it. It's an incredible product. We love being in business with these guys. AudibleTrial.com forward slash SLM. And you let them know that the guys from Sensibly Loud sent you. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 114, presented by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. Uh, who also sounds like he makes tomatoes. Baseball, Ben, what's going on, man? <laughs> Hello, tomato maker Justin. How are you doing? I love whenever the drop just like seamlessly goes right into whatever your name is. Oh, that's that's fantastic. It's um, it's pretty good. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Real quick, I just want to make uh, one quick note on the drop thing right there. Have you looked at our Trello board of all the things that, of the drops that we need to cut? Uh, no. Because like three quarters of them are from you. Perfect. Like, like back to like episode seventy or something like that. So yeah. Which speaking of, how did we already get to one fourteen? I don't, like, I don't know. But I was actually really happy to be off last week because you know I don't like the number thirteen, and oh, oh. we don't have an episode thirteen in anything at, at Sensibly Loud. I don't. No. I just don't like the number thirteen. I, number twelve is my favorite number. It always has been, and so I've, I've just kind of always not liked thirteen. I don't like the whole aura around it but yeah Yeah. i I think it's hilarious that all those drops are are yours to be cut so i'll I'll get on that soon number 12 is your favorite correct like aaron Rodgers. not like aaron Rodgers. like tom brady who yeah i don't know some guy who plays in tampa now for some reason (laughs) doesn't play for the bucks (laughs) i think so who cares anyway this is a baseball (laughs) podcast and i would be incredibly remiss if i didn't call attention 
my Padres cap. Ooh, I like the Padre cap, but I think someone just stepped into the on-deck circle. Do you see him over there? I do. Let me see. Who who else might be rocking a Padres cap? We'll have to see. Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast, number three, the great Sam Bino. Welcome, Sam. Hey, guys. You Hello, stole Sam. home here. How's it going? Uh, yeah, sorry for being late. Everything's fine. Yeah, you're late, Sam. No, no I'm still kidding. I was busting we, Sam's balls before the show about we being are late. 100% <laughs> live, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention two things right now. Number one, I think this is the first time we've seen this part of your house, Sam. So I like that that your dog Pepper is is in the background. It's quite nice. Uh, yeah, but this two, is the basement. Oh, that's a nice basement, man. When I think basement, I think uh, like murder, but. No, that's pretty nice. Why? Are you... Hold on. Are you accusing Sam of murdering people in his basement? Because that's not Not, right. Not that basement. Oh, uh, we need to... A basement, got it. We'll we'll dig into this on the psychoanalytics portion of the show. Okay, perfect. That's exactly it. No, and then the second thing, uh, J-Mac, on our last episode that you weren't there, um, did you happen to hear Sam speak about his cooking and fancy pizzas? So, yes. uh, So, I, I... 100% 100% hats off to you guys for holding down the show while I was gone. For those that don't know, uh, my wife and I had our first son this this uh, past week. So the guys held it down for me while I was gone. It was uh, it was sad to be gone, but you guys like killed it. I was dying laughing the entire episode. Well, that's, that's good. And, and congratulations from not only uh, the Sensibly Loud family, but from all the grounds crew out there. Thanks, man. Uh, I appreciate it. So the reason I brought up cooking is I'm still jealous, but this is the closest thing to fancy cooking. My wife took crescent rolls and rolled chocolate chips and peanut butter <laughs> chips in the middle uh, to I mean, make like a nice fancy dessert. So I wanted to show Sam now that he has joined our podcast. That's good. I was late because I was cooking and I'd like just mistimed yeah. things. I and that. then Anything I good. Yeah, I made uh, vegetarian sweet potato tacos, Asian style. It's nice. really good. Asian slaw, pickled vegetables, baked sweet potato slices, uh, spicy sauce on tortilla. Sounds incredible. It did feel like there was a decent amount of animosity towards DiGiorno pizza during that episode. Which one of you stood up for DiGiorno pizza? Was it you, Ben? Me. Oh, it was you? Okay. I'm in. I'm in on DiGiorno. Me too. So here's a... here's No. So DiGiorno, like... For what you get, it's not worth the money. Like, that's a $7 frozen pizza where you can get an almost identical tombstone for $3.50. So, I'm, if I'm going for frozen pizza, like, it's value. All right. The, At a $7 DiGiorno, I might as well call Pizza Hut and get a $9.99 special. So, I understand yeah, that logic, true. but the quality between a tombstone pizza and a DiGiorno pizza is exponentially different. Meh. We'll have to do a test, uh, taste test here. Maybe it's going to be good. You want to do a I'm pizza excited. off? Is that a thing? I think that that's I don't, don't want to. I don't want to invoke Seinfeld here because I know Justin wasn't the biggest fan of his latest episode, but or his latest special. But the difference between great and crap is not that different. It's true. It's very true. World. Uh, true. And Sam, you had said that you'd never had a bad slice of pizza. I thought that was interesting. I think that's probably true. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. I think I've definitely had bad pizza before, but not very many times. Very, very few times. Was it like 
Where? You, How? You heard it here first. J-Mac down on New England pizza. Wait a minute. I said nothing about New England pizza. I actually had it in New York, and it was terrible. Um, I was just trying to clickbait our audience. Nice. But there are only like 17,000 places to get pizza in New York, and I just happened to pick the wrong one. I should have listened to Jimmy Midtown, I guess. That's the problem mm. here. He was too busy um, wishing that the Mets would re-sign Bartolo Colon. Do you think he's... He how how do you think Jimmy Midtown feels about the potential of A Rod and J Lo buying the Mets? Because that's a thing, apparently. I think we should ask him. At I, some I, I agree. I think we need. Do you to know where check. he is right now? Isn't he somewhere between New York and San Diego? Which I realize that like... he is in San Diego. <laughs> okay, so it's very, wide very net. funny <laughs> that he's wearing a hat. Yeah, somewhere between <laughs> technically everyone is sometime between New York and San Diego. Like, thanks, Justin. No, oh, he's in North America specific. So let me let me add clarity here. Last I talked to Jim, we were talking about something tangential to said road trip. And he made it sound like there was like a long road trip, not like a a flying across the country type situation. So when I say somewhere between New York and San Diego, I actually mean that. Oh, he's driving. <laughs> Th- is he that true? He drove from New from Manhattan to San Diego. Holy it took crap. him a week. So he's That's in awesome. San Diego. Awesome. So it's funny you were wearing a Padres hat then. Yeah, it was a dollar at the store, so I got That's it. That's great. Awesome. And uh, I got it, I think, like on the anniversary of Tony Gwynn's death. So either mm. it's a good sign or it's haunted. I'll let you know. Would come with some red man. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time we've killed Skull. off some. Speaking of things that need to be renamed. <laughs> yes, definitely. Absolutely. Um, hey, I tell you what. So we have a. There's plenty of baseball things to talk about, even though baseball is not being played. Uh, so, kind of our homework this week, by show of hands, um, the fine folks at ESPN produced a documentary called Long Gone Summer. And uh, just for those watching the video feed, raise your hand if you did your homework this week and watched the documentary. That's all right, Sam. I'm going to save you some time. All right. So here (laughs) we go. This is the official. We're eight minutes into the live stream. It's the official outfielder review of Long Gone Summer. That's between McGuire and Sosa. For Roger Maris's home run record. Okay. J Mac, what you got? This documentary stunk. It was so bad, dude. Like, I love ESPN 30 for 30s. Like, they do almost, not all of them are great, but they do a pretty good job most of the time. Uh, I don't consider ones like the Jordan doc and all that. Like, that's technically a 30 for 30, but that's not like really a 30 for 30. That kind of like stands on its own, right? And like, I was really excited for this. But this thing was just nothing. It was like, it was two. so first of all, it could have been like an hour. But it was two hours of nothing but sucking Mark McGuire's dick the whole time. Like, that's all this was about. And I realized there's already like, a, I think it's like an E60 documentary or something like that about Sosa out there already. But like, why did they, tr- like, I understand the the logic of wanting to recreate that that race, but they gave no context around like what was going on in baseball at the time. It basically just started with like, Oh, there was a work stoppage in 94. And then we were trying to get baseball back to being great. And now all of a sudden these guys are here. They didn't really address the steroid thing. There, there was so many, like they did, but they didn't like it was, they stayed away from it a lot. And it just all around felt like I watched 
like an hour and 40 minutes of Mark McGuire documentary and then a little bit of Sammy Sosa. Okay. What'd you so, think? Okay, so I'm happy you asked. And this is a full disclosure, bias sort of thing. Um, number one, I watch a ton of Ken Burns documentaries, like an unhealthy amount, as in... If I'm laying in bed and my wife falls asleep, I'm putting on whatever we were watching and changing it to a rotation of Ken Burns probably every other night. So let me be clear. That means I have what I like to call pretty high standards when it comes to the documentary realm because there's like Ken Burns, uh, Michael Moore, and everyone else. So like <laughs> I know my biases. Okay. It's fair. Okay. This was fine. It was yeah, To your point – not two hours worth. So if anyone remembers, this is the home run chase in 98. Maguire had hit like 56 or 57 the year before. So he was already pretty close to Maris's 61 figure. But like the chase was initially for the first two or three months between Maguire and um, Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. <laughs> this was a two uh, hour and 44 minutes was the ESPN plus cut. And it didn't even mention Ken Griffey Jr.'s name until 20 minutes and 50 seconds in. That's That's absurd. how much was just talking about Maguire in the first bit with a brief, like, oh, we're going to have Sammy in this documentary, and so we're going to show you a modern interview with Sammy. It was bad, Sam. It was really bad. Does it? Did they rush it to get out new content? It feels like it a little bit. I don't know if that's exactly it, but it was just a poorly told story. So th mm. there were a few things that I liked about, and I would have liked them to be able to expand upon more that was kind of Chase-related. Okay. Uh, because I thought that the documentary was at its strongest when it was talking about the rivalry between Chicago and St. Louis, um, the story of, like, the baseball cities and the different... Um, like the announcers, like it had Harry Carey's grandkid and like um, clips of like Jack Buck and Joe Buck, you know, in St. Louis. So like I thought when it was talking about that sort of stuff, it was in a really good spot. Mm -hmm. And when it brought up Andrew and I think his name was Steve Miller of the Associated Press who found uh, the Andrew and McGuire's locker and, and did the initial reporting on it. I thought like, OK, cool, they're about to add in a ton more gripping content on this stuff and not unlike ESPN overall just swept it under the rug and probably the last 15 minutes of the hour and 45 minutes was spent talking about the steroid thing um, you know it talked about Sammy getting popped for the cork bat when he was in Texas I guess Sammy had a falling out with um, with the Cubs at some point which big I time. didn't know yeah big yeah, time huge so, like, it, it talked about that a bit. I, I was kind of hoping it would be more about that. But it was basically, hey, March 30th, 98 to September whatever, 98, this is what was happening. But so it, it left me wanting more. Definitely agreed on that. Ben, how long was it between, I don't, was it 117 years that the Cubs didn't win a, a title? I don't uh, remember. Yeah, so they won in 06, I want to say. It was it was 100 and change. Right. 
So they went that long, and this organization has the balls to turn their back on Sammy Sosa, one of the most exciting things that's ever happened to their organization. They still haven't welcomed him back to town for whatever reason. That's absurd. Can can y'all name a bigger cub? Sam? Like, in the history of the Cubs franchise, no. if you think, who's a notable Chicago Cub? You're going to think Sammy Sosa. It's the first Joe one I think. Every time. Joe Madden. Addison Russell. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Start naming guys on the team now. No, but but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, no, I do. That's who you think of, right? He's like, I don't understand what the issue is with that, and it's just that's never made a whole lot of sense to me. But this this documentary was just unbelievably terrible, and like, it sat there and made Mark McGuire out like to be this like physical specimen, and like, yeah, he was, but he was also taking fucking horse tranquilizers or whatever. Right? Like, I don't know what this, you know. But like, it was ridiculous. Like, he wasn't like he was. Like, to sit there and be like, oh, this guy had muscles that other people didn't have, but, the, like, to be taking steroids and knowingly doing so, like, I, I again, I don't have any problem with steroids whatsoever. I really don't care. I never have. But to sit there and make him out to be, like, this remarkable specimen when you don't even mention Ken Griffey Jr. for the first 20 minutes of a ga- of a documentary that was playing at the exact same time who was exponentially better overall than he was. And I, it I, did that's say crazy. that. I mean, it did say how Maguire like wished that he was a five-tool guy like Junior, but he right. was like, you know, at the end of the day, I was born to hit home runs. You know, it's like there's a bit of self-awareness to that. Um, but I mean, ever since he gave his testimony in front of Congress, you know, like pretty, I don't care. Pretty funny. I, here's my my final my final take on it. If anyone is interested in the home run chase of 1998, go to your Amazon Prime account. Search Ken Burns Baseball on the old computer box. Go to episode 10, Extra Innings, and go about halfway in. Right after the Ken Griffey Jr., excuse me, right after the Cal Ripken Jr. stuff, it covers the home run chase, and it is very well done. I also thought it was incredibly convenient that they didn't spend any time breaking down the labor stoppage in 94. They just sort of glossed over that. When That's a huge part of the story. Huge part of the story. Baseball was basically dead until this home run race became a thing. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. It was a terrible documentary. Don't waste your don't waste your time, Sam. Blow off the homework. I tell you what, Sam, what did you watch instead? Because I would like your review of that. I've been watching Space Force. Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> on Netflix. How's the good old Space Force on Netflix? It's, it's cerebral and funny. Like yes. you have to know your science shit to get a lot of the jokes. There's very few jokes. Where if you're a dummy, you're going to get them. So know it, your shit. It's like not the funniest show in the world, but it's definitely entertaining if you just spend some time really thinking about some of the deep shit in it. Yeah. Also getting uh, rewatching Star Trek last gen. Interessante. How's that been? Next gen. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> it was good. Of course. That, was, it's fucking that good. one I'm not aware of. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> card seasons the ones from the late 80s early 90s they're fantastic they're awesome good for you man it's awesome so i have a question does it feel like manfred was in the cutting room when they were editing this or something 100%. oh my god 100 percent or c-lig yeah <laughs> i i want to i'm really i'm so excited to get into this all this labor stuff with him but like where are you guys at on him as of this week like where's the barometer like i think everybody was furious at rob manfred as of last week but like where are you guys at right now with him i'm hoping that he's like 
showing a little self-awareness <laughs> to just stealing Ben's expression just now. Like, I'm hoping that he knows that he's being a piece of shit and is act- actively trying to get baseball going. That's the sense that I get because uh, lots of things happen, uh, meaning nothing happens as far as baseball getting started is concerned. And then there's just lots of people saying Manfred's a piece of shit, just like we are. And um, next thing you know, oh, we're really close to a deal. That was a week ago. I mean, furthermore, just before that we started recording this episode, well, just before, about two hours ago, the Players Association voted down MLB's 60-game offer. Like, Manfred, he did a huge about-face after he said, well, he he probably got vertigo. He's spinning around so much. But he said, oh, I'm very confident there's going to be baseball. And then three days later, I'm not confident they're going to be a season this year. And then now he's, like, actively saying, what do we have to do? Like, he's realizing that the toothpaste is spilling out of the tube, and he's trying to wedge it back in there, and it's just not happening. I think something that's being really missed in all this is that he speaks for the owners. Like, that's his job. And, like, you get paid a handsome amount to just take a barrage of shit in a situation like this because there's no winning here. Like, everything is lost in, in this case. Like, we're getting a shortened season. Like, the vi- we'll get into the virus stuff here in a few minutes, too. Like, you know, there's a lot of things that are affecting this. So, like, it's a lose-lose situation for him. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. But, like, people just seem to, like, let owners off the hook. Like, they don't have anything to do with these decisions. And that is crazy to me. Oh, for sure. And and one of the more recent proposals on there that they were talking about, I think we spoke about it a little bit last week. I don't recall exactly. Maybe it was on J-Max pod that he did the, the repeat one. But it was about um, the counteroffer where they were saying, we'll get a 60-game season, uh, universal DH and ALNL, and then logos on uniforms and, and expanded playoffs. Like That was the most recent thing that, as of today, got sort of shut down. So I feel like that proposal from Manfred was him trying to be like, just get something going, get me out of the doghouse, let me be the guy who sort of quote unquote saves it. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't trust him to, to catch a wiffle ball in my backyard. So can we not let the players off the hook real quick? Because there's a 60 game season on the table like DH across the board, they would get, you know, 60 games done before the end of the actual, the, when the actual season would have ended, like now they're, now they're in the way. Mm-hmm. So we just, one thing I'm, that? yeah, absolutely. Because one thing I'm curious about, so I guess now since they turn this down, I guess Manfred can institute a 60 game season or whatever he wants to do. I guess that's something like where they negotiate, where they have to go back and forth with proposals or something. I don't really know, like, if you're just going to institute a season, like, what does that mean? Like, or, or, like if the players don't agree to, to it, then, like, what? I, 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 that's a part I'm unclear. Ben, do you know a little bit more about that part of it? So I've heard that they can try to force it, but then I believe, and I could be wrong here, that it would be, like, in the, I can't remember if it was the 80s or the 90s, where certain players strike and then uh, baseball tried to replace them just with <laughs> Joe Schmidt off the street. Yes. So that, to me, is yes. what I feel like is going to happen. You know, like I'm waiting for my cell phone to ring so I can play left field for the, you know, Toledo mud hens or whatever. Like to me, that's that's what level that's what level we're at is if Manfred now the players have rejected the proposal. If he tries to unilaterally unilaterally say, oh, this is happening, 
my prediction would be of work stoppage from the Players Association, followed by Manfred and the owners just putting whoever out there. It may be your retirees, your KBO people, just whoever he can get. Counter, guess who they're going to hire? Everyone from the dissolved minor league system. (laughs) That would be awesome. I mean, you have unemployed media talent. In the States. Yep, they're ready to go. They have a list of guys. Each club has a list of guys they're ready to call. 100%. Which... What a huge middle finger to your players that would be. It's like, hey, I have this play, and I'm just going to put in all the understudies because people are that desperate for it. So I said back in April that I'm pulling for the most amount of chaos possible in this scenario. This is We're pretty much there, right? Like, that's... I don't know if it gets more chaotic than a 60-game season with replacement players. It's Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's pretty chaotic. I mean, in in the sense that literally nothing has happened, it is pretty chaotic. I feel like I'd buy a lot of jerseys of no-name people just because, that, <laughs> you know, like, that'd be awesome. I want those guys to be my heroes. <laughs> like a $1 Padres hat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. This is perfect. Okay, I have so no allegiance here. One thing I want to do, Ben, let's go back to that proposal that they turned down here for a second. Can we break that down for a second as far as what is being negotiated here or what's being proposed? Like yeah, one by so one. I'll be pulling up some of the some of the finer points, but let's just go through it. So number one, uh, sixty. Uh, so the MLB rejected a seventy-game proposal from the Players Association. Okay. So the league then countered with a sixty-game season, but it would expand universal playoffs. Uh, excuse me, expanded playoffs and universal DH. So what are your thoughts in that area first? I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't really understand why they turned that down to begin with other than just negotiation tactic as far as like like lowering the amount of games is fine and expanding the playoffs is going to make you more revenue probably not by a lot but it's going to help. What do you think Sam? I, I think uh all of what you said is correct. I would add that the players union a long long time ago were very firm in saying that they would categorically reject a 60 game season on its face. Mm-hmm. So I don't even think they thought about it uh, at all. And they were just like, oh, that's exactly what we said we would reject. We have to stand by our guns as, as stupid as that is. And they, they did that. So I feel yeah, like we're like – so uh, real quick, I feel like we're at this place. It's like I think we're at the same spot, I guess, as far as like the amount of games. Like that's what we're trying to negotiate here. What I don't understand is kind of what comes after this as to why this, these are things. Well, and that's where – Overall, just from a timing standpoint and the fact that they haven't got it together, we're already basically to the all-star break and they haven't even done like a spring training. This broadcaster's opinion, there's no baseball this year. Like it's not going to happen. No. Period. Stop lying. Stop getting the headlines. Just go for it. Furthermore... Universal DH is is coming, you know, like the NL pitchers need to just write down so they don't forget what their last at bat was because it's not happening again. Mm -hmm. And we are going to really, really see even, you know, not talking about the virus, which is kind of the huge, um, you know, elephant in the room here, virus in the room rather, is we're just kind of like 
baseball's not happening this year. It's not going to stop. You know, it's it's a non-starter. Like, let's just move on. So I agree. Like, I don't like we've long been on record of universal DH across everything. I don't know why that's that like that's in this negotiation at all, really, other than they're just trying to get it in there. Like, I mean, I'm for it. Don't get me wrong. But like, it's it seems out of place and just an unnecessary thing that we're talking about. I understand the advertisements on the jerseys. I, I, I don't really love that. But I mean, it's in every other sport. It's not a huge deal. It's not going to be like, you know, some of these like Euro soccer leagues that are just like covered in advertisements. So like, I don't really care about that, but it's like, I don't understand why that specifically is wedged into this. Which is why I think Sam was absolutely right when he said they shot it down because they said they'd reject a 60 gamer. And they said that two and a half months ago, but you said it. So they're, they're sticking to their guns is what I, I agree with him. I think that's what they're doing. But I, oh, go ahead. Sorry, no. I was going to say, but let's do um, a bit of a thought experiment. Because let's say that two hours ago, the Players Association said yes. Okay. So, number one, that is not what happened. You know, as it stands right now, there's no deal. There's no baseball. It's June. Who knows what? I haven't looked at a calendar since March. I don't know. But there's no baseball happening. But if there were going to be, let's talk just a little bit about some of the uh, potential pitfalls that they're going to run into. So one of y'all shared a stat with me today. Can y'all pull that up about um, current major leaguers that have just tested positive for coronavirus? It was there are. There were 40 positive COVID-19 tests last week alone among players and staff who've been at MLB camps. The exact number of camps affected since spring training 1.0 ended isn't known, but it or since, excuse me, since spring training 1.0 ended isn't known, but it's said to be more than 10. Little doubt COVID is a real threat to the MLB season. So that's 33.3333333% of your teams have now been directly impacted by this Mm -hmm. so even if the players association would have said yes today i'm still not convinced that we would have had a season what do y'all think i agree this is this is not just a baseball problem though this is an america problem because like the eu is getting back to business uh we we have fucked this up as a country and baseball is part of the country it's 100 percent true and like you look at like, like just the sheer amount of, like, pl- I guess, like, the two places that you would go to go to spring training are Arizona and Florida. Everyone knows I hate Florida, but it doesn't matter in that sense. I'm not picking on Florida specifically. It's one of the most infected places in the United States right now. And one of the other places is fucking Arizona. Like, I don't understand what we're doing. So we're, like, sitting here talking about, oh, we're going to move it to... We're going to move it to like home stadiums to do spring training. What the fuck good does that do? How, like, how, what Nothing. good is that at all? No, it doesn't do a thing. It's chatter. So, and that's where, I mean, so the first major of the big four sports that kind of came up with an agreement to get back to it was uh, the NBA. Mm-hmm. However, even after they had their proposal, they're going to finish the season and then run to the playoffs. They'll do it at Disney and there will be a mouse there and they won't call pest control. Like that was initially what they were saying. It's the worst, Jay still Mack, the worst idea. Of the you're world. my best. Bas- <laughs> yeah. You're my basketball guy. What happened to the NBA now? 
Well, I mean, they're, uh, as of now, they're still going ahead with it, but like uh, that in and of itself is a whole other thing. Like, I don't understand why you don't find some bubble out in North Dakota or something to play. I don't know why you got to go to Orlando. Like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's like we're just, pr- I, I think about it this way. It's like whenever you were younger and like these kinds of problems would come up and you just kind of like hope they'll go away. And typically they would somehow solve themselves. But you know what? We're fucking adults now and you have to do your part. And if we would have just stayed in for two weeks, legitimately we wouldn't be in this spot that we're in now and now we're in this and even in a grander scheme of things like we're trying to bring things back to get us to normal and we can't even do that properly no exactly and the answer is not always run to freaking florida like if that's what your solution is you need to go back to the drawing board i don't understand what their obsession with florida is here I'm just I'm just saying. No, but the the other thing in that vein is now even NBA players who pushed for this thing to happen are having sec thoughts and saying, "Wait, hold hold on. This this virus thing's still in the room." You know, so it's not a good look. And this podcast as well as this company, we're not necessarily saying we have all the answers, but we are saying you're the professionals Figure this out. This is why you're making the millions upon millions of dollars is to not foul this up for the rest of us. If the MLB would pick up the Billings Bison as the 31st team, they could go out there and play all of the games. There you go. Thank you. There you go. Ben and I are kind of screwed on the Nashville Hot Chickens and the Pelicans, but that's okay. Pelicans, Nashville, yeah, no, you're right. It's yeah. totally fine. It, I have a piece of advice. Pick a KBO team and watch baseball. Because it's a lot, it's it's a lot of fun. It's just not getting played here. It's still a lot of fun. Speaking of, what do y'all think of the Japan League coming back? I mean, <laughs> they've done. They've taken the necessary precautions to, to be able to do something like that. It's still probably too early, but I, they've taken more precautions than we have, and they're not in the middle of a labor dispute. Well, and so that's where, to me, Korea set the template. Whether we thought it should have happened or not, they said, if y'all want to do this, this is how you do this. And the players were still making the same amount of money. Granted, it's not as much as the American League, but still, like, the players are, are playing, they're making salary, they're playing the game, they're putting on a show for TV, they got extra money from ESPN to broadcast it here. I don't know why the Japanese league is not being broadcast in the States. It does not make sense to me. I think Sam brought up a really, really good point, though, too, that the players are being let off the hook a lot here. And MLB, they really are. And it's like the the players in the KBO have no problem going out and playing baseball every day because the right precautions are in place. It's a great example. And if if the the Nippon League is following that, that's great. But by that advice... You just said the players have no issue because the right precautions are being taken. If we're not taking the right precautions, I don't take issue with the players not being willing to play. Well, I, yeah, that's true. I would also say that because they're so willing, they are not taking the right precautions either. Mm. True. It's very. They true. will go wherever the fuck they are told, and that doesn't that doesn't demonstrate any independent thought on the issue. Which good good news, bad news there. Who's who's the who's the they in this in in your players. example? The players, oh, M- MLB players. Yeah, yeah. If they're if if they're saying there's a lot of tweeting going on with all these players, their their tagline is like, "Tell me where and when." Like that's not okay. Go go to Manhattan and lick all of the subway doors. 
uh, at 3 a.m. That's that's going to get you sick. I mean, don't it's gonna no, happen. you have to think about it a little bit. They need to demonstrate some of that as well. That sounds like a Chase Utley thing to do. Sure does. I, I just don't I guess I don't really understand the whole like refuting science part of it. Like it's it's not like it like we're all tired of being inside and we're all tired of dealing with this. I don't even like to go outside that much, but I'd love the option to, you know, and it's <laughs> like whenever you think about like uh, the argument of like, oh, well, they're you know taking and we're not going to get into like the the morality of it, I guess. But like the whole like, oh, they're taking away my rights thing or whatever. It's like. Well, laws are in place to keep people safe. They put a red light in to keep you safe. These rules are in place. Wearing a mask, things like that are there to help keep you safe during a time where it's not safe. And it's it seems like common sense. If we just do these things and follow science as much as possible, that's all, all really we can do anyway. I mean, baseball was almost certainly not going to happen no matter what. And I do think it's ridiculous that all of a sudden there's this possibility that baseball and the players get let off the hook because of the the whole COVID-19 thing, which has absolutely been there this whole time. I don't... To me, this doesn't seem like a, a player thing. Like, not to be the counterpoint, but I'm not faulting employees of a company for wanting to make sure that the company's keeping them safe before coming back to work. Sure. And that's completely fair. And if you told me, hey, Ben, you have a job, but I'm going to ship you up to Idaho for six months, deal with it. Okay, I have a job, but like I maybe am not super thrilled about that. What are your plans for Sensibly Loud Idaho? Uh, just, uh, I was going to, I was going to be our, our, um, our satellite location. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll go up to, I don't know. What's a hip city up there. Boise. It's the only one. Yeah. Boise's pretty hip. Yeah. Sun Valley. I was thinking maybe somewhere in, uh, the other side of Montana, like over mm. by, um, Missoula. I think Missoula is pretty hip. Okay. I'll hang out in Missoula while y'all are in Idaho. Sounds good. It's a good point though, but, Ben. It's a very good yeah, point. That's that's what I'm saying is I don't fault the players here with the exception of the overall like put a label on them players, you know, like collective group of millionaires as laborers refusing to work. But when I put myself in, if I'm an individual employee, I have a small window where I can make my money. And if me trying to make my money now is very detrimental to my long term health. I take issue with that. That's your choice, though, too. That's your choice to take that risk. So I, I, I'm with you. I, I I agree, but I think that that's their choice as well. Uh, Sam, <laughs> I think the dumbest thing about this, and you'll probably agree with me, too, is the whole when and where thing. Yeah. Right? Like, when is when it's safe and where is where it's safe. Right. And like to put that out there is such a strange PR leap. But the players haven't budged once on any of this either, and I understand that. But like, it has. There hasn't really been a whole lot of talk about. Oh well, we're worried about the safety of it. Now all of a sudden, that's starting to come about in the last couple of days because hey, we're actually realistically looking at maybe having a sixty-game season. Oh wait, there's actual baseball things and and like athletic things that go into that. It's not just about shoving you know papers back and forth negotiating. Yeah, there's that, and I think collectively the country is slowly realizing that 
it is still here. And that, that took people quite a while. Shocking. Which is absolutely bananas. I feel like (laughs) I've been the canary in the coal mine since fucking January yelling about this. Yeah. It's crazy. It really is. And I like, you feel how you feel about it, but I, I just, I would say my only ask is just respect how other people feel about it. Cause not everybody's in the same situation. Yeah, but we're Americans. That's not what we do. Oh, I'm well aware of that. It's the best and the worst thing about America for sure. So who has uh, any other topics from a COVID or MLB standpoint? I'm just pissed off that baseball isn't going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not. There's no way. Sam? Is is there a format where, like, far fewer than 60 games would work? Like a one-game bracket style? Like, here's a participation trophy at the very end for only the first place, guys. Maybe a best of five. Yeah, maybe bracket <laughs> series. Like a fucking bracket. Just one game, no series. Just like, all right, we've got, we can play like 40 games. Get, get after it. That, I mean, that'd be great. I hope it's with replacement players too, because the, how cool would that be? The chaos of all of it, it would be absolutely incredible. We'd watch every that second of it. Chaos. You would be, you'd be, <laughs> if it's your team, if it's your team, there's a whole city getting ready to watch one game. And they get eliminated. That would be fucking chaotic. That I would be incredible. I saw would get the best ratings ever. You'd get soccer hooligan like behaviors. It'd be awesome. The last time I saw something that brutal was in Atlanta back in October. Whenever the oh, Braves oh. just got demolished somehow, totally destroyed. Was, yeah, uh, but oh, no, I don't have nasty. any other topics that are MLB or COVID related, other than I'm still sitting in my basement. Mm, interesting. A lot of time in that basement. I just, I'm, I'm disappointed though. I really am. It stinks. It's n- none of this is good. We've talked about that repeatedly since March. Like none of this is normal. None of this is getting us back towards normal. It's a ugly thing. I can't, I'm, sh- I think the thing that I mo- might be most shocked about is how much this baseball labor agreement has p- played out in public. Yes. Just like, Hey, let's find every way to do this poorly. Like that's, it's like, um, you know, taking out a ad for the Super Bowl to have your divorce documents read. Like that's how <laughs> stupid they're being right now and how public of an airing of dirty laundry they're, they're doing. Is there a, a school of thought that like baseball isn't very popular in the first place, so all press is good press. There isn't really anything. I mean, people are talking about it more than they typically would, right? That's like a real Trump mentality. I no, guess. I mean, but, I'm um, not saying I agree with it, but no. I'm, just, I'm trying to advance it's some a major kind of sport. It's like number two in terms of money. I'm, I'm trying to advance some. I'm trying to advance some theory that makes some kind of sense because none of this has made sense as to why they've handled it. It doesn't the way have to have. make sense. That's what conspiracy theorists do. They they seek sense when there isn't any. So well, just stop. What else are we going to talk about on this show, Sam? <laughs> what else? So so before we end the episode later, I do have a wild conspiracy theory that I want to run by y'all. Oh, Not boy. at all baseball related. Okay. Uh, it has one baseball related thing, but it's it's tertiary at best. Uh, so the rumor is that tonight. Uh, Manfred is having a conference call with the owners. How do you think that's going to go? <laughs> uh, so, uh, like, that's another thing I don't understand. So, I guess the owners can vote against 
like a season entirely, and it only takes, I think, like nine votes or something like that to cancel the 2020 season. What? Because it, it's got to be like some sort of majority type situation is my guess. I mean, and, it kind of feels like that's that might be where we're about to be. Like, I can't think of. Well, the other option is for him to just institute a season. And I mean, right. he could do that, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, do, do you really think that these owners, I, I feel like we've asked this question almost every episode since we've been talking about it, but like, are the owners really willing to just say, like, take their ball and go home here? Kind of feels like it. I hope not. You know, they're going to. <laughs> I don't know. That seems like really pathetic. It's not above them or below them, I guess, but. I mean, keep in, keep in mind, this is a set of owners that, like, actively keep people like Mark Cuban out of the league. And, like, feel, like say what you want to say about Mark Cuban, but he's advanced the sport of basketball tenfold from where it was 15 to 20 years ago. And, like, they just flat-out refused to let some, like, it, him or other people that are similar in that nature of that, that newer mindset, they just refused to let those people even apply to be owners in the first place. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, they don't really understand what they have here. That's what this all comes down to, to me. They don't understand. No, they're, they're willing to, this is the definition of cutting off your nose to spite your face. Yeah. And, and with that, I think that there's a very real possibility. We will not see a 2020 season for baseball. That's crazy. They could have been the first sport back. They could have. And now they're just not going to come back. That is going to be, devastating for the future of this sport. Well, and that's where my head's at is they're going to sink to, to the fourth biggest sport. Like there's no way they can maintain the second as Sam claims or the third, as I anecdotally claim with no evidence in popularity. <laughs> it's true. Somewhere in that middle area of the yeah. four. It's not but where you want to be is the point. <laughs> and especially because even before COVID, baseball was declining in popularity. Like, I don't mean to be the guy just taking out an ant mound with a flamethrower, but, like, the whole thing just stinks. You can't have your freaking championship average age viewer 55.9 declining in ratings every single year and still hope to be relevant. It's 100% true. We talk about the marketing thing all the time. And we talk about how like they don't market themselves properly in a sense that they sacrifice the short term or, or the, you know, the, basically the longer term health of the sport for the short term profits. And this is where that's going to backfire on them. This is exponentially going to force that to the forefront of a very, very non-lucrative thing. We're going to see ownership, like we're going to see people having to sell franchises. We're going to see... I think we're going to see a lot of change come to baseball because of this, because they're going to be desperate. And that's the problem is that they, the, the changes that they've made to try to increase interest in baseball are stupid. They don't matter. They don't actually make a fundamental difference in the game. And they certainly don't matter to the average fan who happens to tune into a game. They don't understand who their audience is or what they're aiming for. They understand this. Oh, well, I don't want baseball to change mentality, which is bullshit. And, it really stifles people like us who actually care about the sport, have a show dedicated to it, to that, and would like for it to 
to blossom in the future. And this just absolutely cuts that off at the legs. And it expedites that problem that they they really kind of put on themselves. It's crazy. It's one of the crazier things I've ever seen. Sam, so any other thoughts before I pivot? Go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, maybe it's going to force them to change in radical ways, to your point. Um, maybe not necessarily good ways to begin with, but then they'll really have to hone uh, whatever they've built. And I, this could be like a catalyst for the game to be really good in like five or six years. Maybe. So you get rid of, you get rid of Manfred, you lose some owners who are just like, fuck it, I'm out. You get some owners in there who aren't like that. And you could see you could see something drastically different. It's hard to say, but it's a very good I'm point. Positive about it a little bit, just because there's. I no love order. your optimism. I absolutely love and admire it. <laughs> it's not my natural state, so just going out on a limb there emotionally. But it's true, though. Like that's the way that people, our generation, look at things like this. Is like disruption does matter in the grander picture of it all. And so, like, I hundred percent hope that that's the case. But like, what? The way that they've hamstrung themselves overall here, I don't know how they... They've done irreparable harm. Like, at the end of the day, all that matters anymore is eyeballs on your thing, on your content. That's all that matters. And they have just desecrated that for the past... Basically, since the internet's been the most popular medium form. And they haven't even... It's like they haven't even really acknowledged it. It's crazy. No, not at all. I don't understand well, how you get there. All right, Ben, we've got 12 yeah. minutes left. I want to hear about this conspiracy theory. I will get there. I've, I have one other baseball thing for you. Okay. So because we don't know if baseball's coming back at all this year, probably not. Uh, I pulled up. We we flirted with this in May, um, but I'm going to give you the rundown. Uh, so back in May, when ESPN was more desperately trying to, to come up with content, they went in and they came out with a ranking of every single World Series from like worst World Series to the best. So I'm going to go through the top five and tell me what y'all think, okay? Okay. Number five, which I hate, 2011 Cardinals over Rangers in seven. Would you say that that's one of the greatest World Series y'all have ever seen? Yes. Because <laughs> I went to some of it, and it was my team, and it was, like, objectively very dramatic. I, so I hesitate to like comment on ranking, like on actual rankings of these things, because I I would really want to. I think we should sit down and really look at this. But it, it was a really good World Series. That was a fun time for baseball for sure. That Rangers team Absolutely. was really good. Both those teams. The were Rangers really good. team was good. Yeah, I mean, and in 2010, it was a snoozer. We knew the Giants were going to win. Like whatever. Okay, 2011, it was a real a real dogfight. Yeah. So that's number right, five. So Yep, that's okay. that's what according to ESPN the fifth best World Series is. Okay, the fourth one because we have to bring up a loss for everyone on this show. The '86 Mets over the Red Sox. Mm, it's tough. Yeah, that's this definitely is the up famous there. the famous Buckner one. It's tough for the ones that I didn't like, like live through, like you know, cognizantly through. Basically, I, I, I mean, exactly. I'm assuming that's devastating, but I mean, I never like felt that, you know. Well, so it, yeah. Absolutely. Um, once again, if you like Ken Burns' baseball documentary, go check it out. If you think of watching Long Lost Summer, Long Gone Summer, don't. Go watch Ken Burns' baseball, and you'll be awesome. Speaking of, number three, once again, a little out time outside of our lifetime, but it was the 1924 Washington Senators over the New York Giants in seven games. So I don't have much to say because 
I wasn't around and there's no film footage of it probably. Right. I feel like nobody knows how good that was. And because baseball is old, it caters to old people and old people watch it the most. They had to throw one of these into the top five. Like yes. something from the teens that nobody remembers. And they're just like, oh, don't you know how old baseball is? Right. And, we're like, and they're yeah, just like know. touching themselves to the racist ghost of Ty Cobb or something. <laughs> Show me the <laughs> analytics and a highlight reel of the game. Oh, wait, you can't? That's yeah, great here. for you and nobody else. Ben, exactly. what year was that? Uh, that was 24. Okay, 1924. I'm lo- I want to look up what some of the stats were here real quick. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I think that While you're doing that. Said all that knowing. <laughs> said all that knowing that there could be like some massive performances. The, the second best one, um, according to ESPN, 1991 when the Twins took over the Braves in seven. So think of how great the early 90s Braves pitching was. And then imagine... Kirby Puckett and Daryl Strawberry, these <laughs> Minnesota <laughs> Twins, who decided to uh, to do better. So that's according to ESPN the second best. And then finally, drum roll please, according to ESPN the number one World Series, 1975, with the Cincinnati Reds over the Boston Red Sox in seven. It has the iconic Carlton Fisk waving his Game Six home run to stay fair. Um, all sorts of big stuff from there. Uh, lots of great stories so that's what's going on uh according to espn can we talk justin do you have those stats i do so do we want to talk about how how do we want to gauge this do we want to look a little bit at batting and a little bit of pitching yeah just a little bit just a a high level sampling the the washington senators i'm gonna i'm gonna give you overall ops okay sam what do you think the team ops everybody on the roster so it's going to be naturally a little bit lower than like normal ops just in general, but because you have a lot of people that probably didn't play a ton, but like, what do you think for the Washington centers, the OPS of the team was get roundabout. Um, I'm going to be like eight eighty. Ben guess six, six forty six sixty eight. Ooh, that's bad. Uh, the New York giants. Do we want to take a stab at, at, uh, let's take a stab at slugging here. New York. Oh God. Giants. 474. I'm going to go. 880. <laughs> 360. Oh, no. <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk about... <laughs> let's talk about collective ERA. All right. So we, we settle in a little bit here. So we have for the Senators, Sam, where's your ERA of the pitching staff? Well, we know the batting stats, so the pitching stats should be good, right? They're not bad. Hopefully. ERA, um... Two eight five. Okay, good guess. Go a little higher. I'm going to go pi at three one four. Okay, it's at two four two actually. Wow, that's pretty good. Um, okay, and then finally for the Giants, Ben, do you want to take a guess at? Let's see, what's going to be the most fun thing here? The amount of saves that they had in this series, the Giants. Well, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not convinced that they had closers in 1924. I think that you just pitched all nine. No, that's def- well, I mean, saves is a stat here, so they had some closers. Uh, they went so, back and calculated war and all that shit. So. so are we saying for the series or the season? Let's actually tell you what. Let's do for the let's do for the season. 
Team average, the I'm amount the, of saves. How many how many saves do you think they had as a team? I think that was like when the seasons were 150 games. I'm going to give them a good solid 42 saves. Sam? I was thinking 45. 18. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty bad. <laughs> you won the under. Yeah, not good. Definitely got it's the not under. Good. <laughs> All right, we're going to start doing more looks into the past because these are just not that exciting. <laughs> so we're going to do it. Let's do more of that. Yeah. We're going to do more looks in the past because what the hell else are we going to do? Yeah, I mean, we don't have anything else to look at right now. Like, baseball's not happening. To. Yeah, exactly. We've got, like, a lot of time between now and October to fill, so we're going to be doing some, some look-backs here. Ben, you can lead us through it. It'll be great. Absolutely. Uh, and I'll probably assign homework again that one of us will blow off, uh, which will be Ken Burns baseball. My wife actually had an idea earlier where we have a third party like Jimmy Midtown or Duster Dan give us homework and like have questions filled out oh, based yes. on something oh. we watch. But but assign one of us to deliberately not watch it and see if we can figure out who's the faker. Yes. So it's like, hey, yes. y'all go in and everyone watch this documentary about whatever. I'm yes. going to give you all some questions on it, but one of you won't have seen it and see if we can figure this out. Are, are we, so are we trying to, are we trying to like sniff each other out here of like who, who's the one that didn't watch it? Yes. Okay. All right. So I'm like in. Jimmy or Dan or someone would be in here with us and they'd be like, so Ben, tell me about what you felt whenever this happened. <laughs> See, I think it'd be better if we had the questions in advance and we have some time to be thoughtful about them. Oh, man. Improv. You got to think on your feet. Well, speaking of thinking on your feet. So the final segment for tonight is inane conspiracy theories. And there was a time here at Sensibly Loud Media where we would blog some of these. Um, then we don't we didn't necessarily want to be pushing too many of them, <laughs> especially the more fringe ones. Uh, we didn't want any culpability in that. Um, it got weird kind of fast. Yeah, this may be one of those. Have y'all heard the uh, right-wing conspiracy theory that Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is actually Fidel Castro's illegitimate kid? Holy shit. No. no. That is, there's a lot to unwrap there. So, like, you go in and it's, like, pictures of, like, Trudeau in his mid-20s next to pictures of Castro and look at their same bone structure and here's pictures of Trudeau's mom with Castro and stuff like that. It's incredible. All the way down to the shade of nipples. Okay. Because if he had a Latin streak, they would be darker than uh, mm. mine. Interesting. Glad we broke that down. You're welcome. <laughs> Glad we I'm got here to that for the today. Listeners. <laughs> Glad we got to that today. All right, Ben, take us out of here. All right. Well, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to check us out at sensiblyloud.com. Even when there's not sports, there's still amazing content. Make sure to check us out. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Huge props to J Mac for producing this and every other episode. And once again, from Sam and I, congrats to J Mac and Claire Peachy on their newest addition to their family. Uh, thank you all so much. We would like to thank everyone for tuning in to episode 114 of the Outfielder Podcast. We'd like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that out.
Outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text and drive. And we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah.